0: Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for the servants in the Church of Christ. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm glad to have your company once more. The Practical Preacher, The Return of the Series. And Malcolm Ryan with A Pastor Talks. A while back here on Serving Today, we were thinking about how to do sermon application in the Practical Preacher series. Those talks were given by Andy Robinson, who's a pastor in England. Well, I'm pleased to say that he joins us again for a couple more talks on how to better handle the Bible when we're preparing to preach God's Word. As Andy is also involved in training other preachers, I first asked him to tell us more about that.
1: We do what we call a workshop group. That's to say some young preachers often will arrive with a, a mini-sermon, maybe even just 10 or 15 minutes They will preach that to the rest of the group and we will try to give them feedback on it to make it as helpful as possible. And what are
0: you looking for then when you are evaluating a Bible talk?
1: Three things, essentially. Here's the first. Was it faithful to the text? Secondly, was it well applied to the group that was being addressed? And thirdly, was it presented clearly and interestingly?
0: You've come up with some hobby horses on Bible handling what does that actually
1: mean? So hobby horses is, is is just a phrase that means things that I think are important and useful that I often come back to when dealing with the issue of Bible handling.
0: What's the first area to be concentrating on in terms of handling the Bible?
1: Well, let me give you an example. In the, the training course recently, we spent some time looking at the last chapters of Matthew's Gospel. So, Matthew chapters 26 to 28, which focus primarily around the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Now that involved people talking about the cross lots. One of the dangers we noticed that lots of the young preachers fell into was this. When they talked about the cross, they simply talked about it being the place where Jesus died for our sins or showed his love for us. Pretty much every talk, oh, it's the cross, Jesus died for our sins. He showed us that he loved us.
0: Why might this be a problem?
1: In many ways, it wasn't a disaster. Praise God, it's true. Jesus did die for our sins. He does love us. But the problem was that the particular passages that we were looking at didn't really mention Jesus dying for our sins or showing his love for us. They're actually talking about other aspects of Jesus' work on the cross. And the problem is if we only say that the cross was about Jesus dying for our sins or showing his love for us, people get used to that and, well, if it's familiar, they can sometimes treat it with contempt. We want to see the full range of all that the cross meant so that listeners' hearts are are warmed by the truth.
0: So what things stand out about the cross in these chapters from Matthew's Gospel?
1: Well, there are so many different things as you work through these passages. For instance, Matthew shows us that the cross is the place where Jesus bore God's anger. So Matthew 26, verse 31, you see it talking about the sword, and actually the sword comes from God. It's God's anger falling on Jesus. Or in Gethsemane, you get the reference to Jesus drinking the cup, and in the Old Testament, the cup is where God's anger is poured out, so Jesus bears God's anger. Or another aspect of the cross, you see the cross is the place where Jesus manages to stand where humans fail. So again, in Gethsemane, Jesus is committing himself to obey the Father's will at the same time as the disciples are sleeping. Or it's the place where Peter denies him. So you get the cross as the place where Jesus is true and the disciples are false and fail. Or you get Jesus revealed as the king who's prepared to suffer. Get that in the trial with Pilate, where Jesus is announced as king, but he's a king who will suffer and sacrifice himself. Or the cross is the place where Jesus is abandoned, forsaken by God, so that we can have access to God. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At the same time, which the curtain which prevented us coming to God is split in two, so that we have access to God. So that the cross is the place where Jesus is abandoned by God, so that we can have entrance to God. Or, again, the cross is the place where the power of death is defeated as people emerge from the tombs, even as Jesus dies in Matthew 27, verses 52 and 53. Do you see, there are so many different things that are true about the cross in that section in Matthew's Gospel. Yes, indeed. And what should listeners learn from a series of sermons on these chapters from Matthew? Oh, so many things. By the end of a series on these chapters, my hope would be listeners will be aware just how glorious the cross is and, and how many different aspects to that there are. And it's great to explore some of these lesser themes, as it were. To see Jesus as a king who's prepared to suffer, that's radical. I think that's hugely attractive in a culture where people often seek power for their own good. Are there any dangers
0: to avoid here?
1: I think the danger is this, we, we see something familiar like the cross, or even a command like love one another, and we immediately think, ah oh, yes, I know about the cross, the cross is a demonstration of God's love, and we just go back there. Instead of falling into that danger, I think we need to ask the question about each passage we're looking at, what's this text saying that is new and that is different
0: Thanks very much. What's the next area of Bible handling you're going to focus on?
1: Well, it's to do with applying the text. What truth can be applied to the heart?
0: Yes, we've covered this in our previous series of talks, but it's worth being reminded about the importance of sermon application.
1: I think I mentioned previously that I often struggled with application when I started preaching about 20 years or so ago. Now, when there was a command in the passage, that was easy. You know, you just told people to do what it says. But often as you're preaching through the Bible, for instance, in a gospel narrative, there isn't a command, and that's more difficult. What should we be watching out for in this case? If there isn't a command, don't add one on. I've mentioned before that my previous add-on application was always something like, do evangelism. So almost whatever Jesus did in a passage, my application would be go and tell people about it, do evangelism. It just meant people left feeling guilty about their lack of evangelism rather than being thrilled by Jesus. So we want to avoid a kind of tag-on application, particularly if we have a favourite tag-on application. So what should a, a preacher do instead? Well, you want to do some application. It's not simply that you state the truth. The application we need to do is to apply that truth deeply to people's hearts.
0: How would you go about applying the truths of, say, Matthew's Gospel that you were mentioning earlier?
1: Well, take one example that I I gave. One of the messages of the cross in Matthew's Gospel is the cross is the place where Jesus stands, where humans fail. Yeah, we saw the example of Jesus committing himself to obey the Father at the same time as the disciples were sleeping and Peter denied Jesus. Jesus stands where we fail. So let's try and apply that. I'd begin to press into where people's confidence is. Are you pretty self-confident, self-assured? You think you can make it? You do know, like the disciples, you're going to fail one day. And if you're honest with yourself, you probably already have. And that's why the cross shows us that our confidence can't be in ourselves. It needs to be in Jesus. Or you could apply it actually to the opposite person. Maybe you're here today and you're broken. You're broken by the times you've failed Jesus, broken by the times you've given in to temptation. Do you want to know the good news? He has stood where you've failed. You don't have to trust in yourself. You can lean entirely on him. That's very
0: helpful. Can you give us another example from Matthew's Gospel?
1: Well, think about the the issue of our access to God, This is picking up the image of the curtain being torn in two. And we have access to the most holy place where, symbolically at least, God lived. Let's try and apply that. I might say something like this. Can I ask how it is between you and God at the moment? It might be for some of us here today, we just feel distant. God feels remote. There might be reasons for that. Maybe we're aware of our sin and our failure. It might be that we're suffering at the moment, it just feels like there are clouds in the path between us and God. Maybe we're just tired. But listen to the passage. The curtain has been torn in two. See, the most holy place lies open. Whatever your sin, whatever your suffering, however tired you are, you have access to God. He's there for you. Now, in doing that, the aim is essentially to take the truth about the most holy place being open and then applying it to people in different situations, trying to get to people's hearts.
0: One thing that's inevitable in almost any walk of life is that we will receive criticism for something we've done or something we've said. As Christian believers, how we deal with criticism is a mark of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And if you're a church leader, Criticism goes with the territory, as the saying goes. Well, here's Malcolm Ryan with some pastoral wisdom on this difficult area.
2: No one likes criticism, but as sure as night follows day, it's going to happen. With that certainty in mind, we need to learn how to respond in the right way. So to begin with, although you may be tempted to become defensive or angry when someone appears to find fault with something you've done, it's better to remain calm and listen to what they have to say. Okay, so the words may sting a bit, but, particularly if it's someone who has already demonstrated a caring attitude towards you, it can be helpful to consider their opinion. As Proverbs 15 verse 31 says, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. On the other hand, if we refuse to accept good advice, We'll limit our potential for developing Christ-like character. Every day there are lessons to be learnt regarding how to live for the Lord. And some of the best lessons come through challenging experiences. This means that if God has allowed the situation, we can be sure that he wants to use it in the process of helping us grow spiritually. Of course, some of the criticism we receive may say more about the other person than it says about us. But whether it's valid or not, whether it's delivered with kindness or harshness, our goal should always be to respond in a way that honors the Lord. So when a criticism comes your way, while making direct eye contact in order to show attentiveness and respect, it's best to be quiet and listen. And once they've finished, thank him or her for bringing their concerns to your attention and tell them that you'll consider what they've said. Then, when you've got a moment, pray about it, asking the Lord if the criticism is valid and allowing Him to search your heart. As difficult as it can be, every criticism can provide an opportunity to let your Christian character shine through. In fact, your respect and kindness will become a powerful testimony while also serving as an occasion to humble yourself and accept positive correction.
0: And that brings this edition of Serving Today to a close. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May the blessing of God be with you. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at Serving Today GBM or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio Thanks for listening and goodbye.